best kind of media today because it's free and, fast and, and, and accessible to anyone in the world. So I'm really lucky to be sitting in Vernon on a sunny day with the birds in the background talking to Victor Cumming and Victor is a like a two two time and more I think. Two so, time, yes. So Victor, wedding. where did you go the first time? Uh, I went to Botswana. Okay. To Botswana in 1980. Stayed there for the standard two years till 82 and then uh, went to Vanuatu in 1986 yeah. and stayed to 88. So when you first went to serve with us, where did you come from and what city did you come from? I was living in Vancouver. Vancouver, okay. Uh, I was uh, interior BC Boy. Was most, most of my life and just happened to be in and around Vancouver. And um, what made you do it? Uh, <laughs> uh, two simple things. One, mm -hmm. I had been interested in overseas development. My cousin Lawrence Cumming yes. had been overseas and uh, and an overseas staff person, etc., etc., with QSO for many years. Okay. And um, so it was in the back of my head. And uh, the QSO regional staff person at the time was a fellow named Wes Maltzhead. Okay. who was a family friend and by fluke he met me somewhere and said what are you doing and I said I'm kind of loose ends and, and not sure what to do next and he said I have a job for you in Africa and I said I don't believe you and he said I do and I said I don't believe you and so eventually <laughs> a couple of weeks later when he bumped into me again he said you haven't come to see me so I said you're right and I agreed I'd filled his forms and then I would because I didn't believe him so I filled everything in less than two weeks and then I left hitchhiked around Canada for a couple of months, phoned home, asked us any mail, my dad said lots. <laughs> uh, I said, open the last one, QSO, uh, and he opened the last one and it said, congratulations, you're District Officer Development, Moli Paloli, Botswana. Okay. And I said, where is that? And he said, I don't know. Say that word slowly again, Moli? Moli Paloli. Moli Paloli, okay. Which is a regional yeah. center in a province in Botswana. Okay. And he went and got the map and came back and said, it's in Southern Africa. It's the next country north of Africa. And you have to be in Ottawa on the 19th of August. And I was standing in a phone booth in North Sydney, uh, Nova Scotia, and it was the 1st of July. So I hitchhiked home to British Columbia and got myself organized. Off you. Off to Ottawa. So when you did your assessment in Ottawa, uh, was I this did my assessment in BC. In BC, okay. Yeah, so, that. when you were in Ottawa, was there a whole gang of you? Was it yes. one of those times where there yep. were a lot of people? Yep. Yeah, there was a lot of people. I, I don't know. Maybe there was eight of us or so going to Botswana, and there was probably almost as many going to Tanzania at the time in Zambia. So there was a there was a complete orientation for East Africa altogether. Yeah. And what had you studied at university? Uh, I'm uh, rural. I was um, economics and geography with a focus on planning. Okay. And I'd been working in that field for uh, sort of three years, different sorts of regional district planning offices and private consultants and the provincial government. And I was just... Um, Decided I wasn't going to be in that field, and I was doing childcare work, and I was decided I wasn't going to do that, so I finished that, and I was just just beginning decided. to take a break. 
Okay. I was 25. Oh, you I were 25. You were a little bit just, older than most. Yeah. Just not sure what's next. As I said, ran into West. And so what did you do when you went to Botswana? What were you doing? In Botswana, there's 10 provinces at the time, and every province had a single planner in charge of roads, water, health facilities, schools, uh-huh. and general economic development. And they were attached to the federal government, and they had a implementation budget of four or five million a year uh, that the local government then implemented based on the plan made by the federal government. So it was um, a very hands-on, fast, uh, lots to do. Botswana was very healthy at the time, starting yes. to regrow, one of the least developed in the world, so lots of things to do. Wages were low, four and a half million dollars went a long way. You could actually plan and do things. Community had a planning system that was a couple of thousand years old that was intact, so you just plugged into their wow. 2,000 year old system and you were a cog in their existing system. So How did they a, take to you? Uh, I was uh, I was a small boy in long trousers. <laughs> okay, that was well put. <laughs> you know, they saw me as someone who was there for a day. Like, I wasn't going to be their generation, so that I wasn't all that important to get to know. Yes. And uh, if I was going to be there a few generations, then they might really want to get to know me, but I was going to be there two years, and so I was very much seen as a cog. They had a person in that job for... I was the fourth or fifth one coming okay. for a two-year block. Yeah. So welcoming and friendly and everything else, but no illusions that I was there with any length of time in their, in their understanding sense of, of time. time. Yeah. So, Victor, did you enjoy that first assignment? Because you went to game. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It, um, um, you know, it was straight back hair learning. I mean, your eyes were pulled back and your hair was too tight and... <laughs> you know, like your ponytail was way too tight. Yeah, the learning was, was very fast, and and I had the luxury of being able to plan and see it implemented and then okay. plan and see it implemented. So it wasn't sort of a fruitless activity. It moved quickly. And then I got involved in intensive things. It was a drought one year, so we fed 80,000 people for a year. Suddenly I'm running a feeding program for 80,000 people. Wow. You know, it just like it, it was rolling that quick. So Very. there was lots and lots to do and lots and lots to learn and lots of resources if you could apply it with any sense of, uh, you know, now we use the word sustainability, but at the time yes. it was a different set of language. But yes. basically it had to be by the community, for the community, and uh, if it wasn't, then it had no legs. So, And that was an already existing system, so you just plugged into a wheel that was turning. Wow, it's taken some... didn't create some... the term, the wheel. Yeah, sometimes it, it's it's taken some people generations to learn that, and uh, you were in your I was first, taught it in your first assignment. I was taught it, but so then. so then something else. You take a pause, and then you go back again. Oh, I didn't really take a pause. I came home and um, joined a group that was doing the same thing with First Nations here in British Columbia. Ah, okay. So with one other excuso and and another person, so the three of us began to do exactly the same thing on the coast of Vancouver Island with the new Chonals communities. You worked at that time with them? Yeah, wow. so I was 82. And then at the same time, I worked part-time on a CETA project back in Botswana. So I was two months on, two months off. 
And so when I was home, I was working at the new channels, and when I was working, I was back in Botswana, wow. doing the same type of thing, but uh, but on a very uh, locality specific. I was in Mahalapi on a local as a single uh, town of twenty thousand people or so at the time. And so then again, then so four years, so no pause. You're actually doing development work here and there. And then you go to Vanuatu. Yeah, my I got married in the middle of all that, and my wife wanted to work overseas. She visited with me to Botswana on the Conceda work and decided that she really wanted to go overseas. So we put our names forward and... So she came with you? So she came with us a second time and she worked in Vanuatu. What's her name? Bet. Bet. B-E-T-T. Shippam. S-H-I-P-P-A-M. Oh, wonderful. So our young, our oldest daughter was born in Vanuatu. Wow. And now Vanuatu in that, in those years? Pretty interesting times. Uh, new, right? It became independent in 1980, so yes. we were there in 86, so very new. Local government was very new, and I was in the southern five islands. Uh, it was a province called Tafea. It's just the first initial of the five islands. Tana, Aniwa, Fatuna, Aramungo, and Anaichum. So that's Tafea. Oh, okay. It's the five islands, and if you look north of uh, New Zealand, you eventually see those five little islands yes. on the map. Yes. So we were on the largest island, um, uh, Tana, in the in the community of Isendil, which is like a village. It's not. A, there's no town. What uh, were you doing there? Same thing. Development planning for those five islands. Oh. And helping to establish a national planning system similar to Botswana. They had. There were in the Commonwealth. So they, in the Commonwealth discussions, discovered this rural development system that Botswana had, and they wanted to import it. And the CUSO manager for that time for Vanuatu had also been in Botswana, so he knew the system. What was his name? Do you remember? There's yeah, so many give people. Me a moment. It would yeah. give me a moment. But anyway, he and his wife were sharing the FSO job at the time, field staff, staff officer. officer. And he had been an Australian. She, he was an Australian. She was a Canadian. Mm. And... Um, so I think when he when he saw my resume that I'd been in Botswana doing exactly the job he, that they were trying to have happen there, then the application process was two days. Wow. We put it in on a Friday. The F the the uh, regional manager in Ottawa knew me well. He phoned them. And said, "This a is link. a good guy. He there can was a pull link. it off." No, it was back and forth. Um, and my wife at the time, Bet, was. Uh, a school teacher and she went there and did um, establishment of kindergartens. Okay. Which was a rural based uh, pre entry to grade one community run um, type of education system as opposed to formal school, formal pay. This was in semi informal, lightly paid, um, build your own building, create your own programming. So they were in the beginning with the uh, University of the South Pacific tried to create this pre-grade one curriculum, which which didn't exist and program didn't exist, and Vanuatu was starting to do it. So she just fit into that starting wow. of that. Wonderful. So, yeah. So, but your relationship with QSO at the time continued on. I uh, did you uh, do something else with us? In the eighties, I was on the the provincial committee. Okay, BC provincial committee. Yeah. Yes. And that meant I attended national events and things of that nature. Oh wow! I didn't. I didn't participate much in QSO after that. I, 
I've kept in touch with a number of the managers who are friends and colleagues. And you're and you're you know our executive director Derek I do. Evans. I do. Yes, I do. we're enjoying him at our at our office. Well, that's good. He yes. brings a lot to the ta to the table. Yeah. Yeah, long-term friend, I would say, and colleague. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So I wanted to say that um, it's been close to 50 years that we've yes. been work, doing our work. We'll be having a reunion in Vancouver December 4th and 5th. Okay. So when we look back, we see approximately 15,000 uh, uh, volunteers that have served. Wow. Over 35 million hours of service. And Victor Cumming, you have contributed more than most because not only did you serve in two countries but you served in Canada as well for us and on behalf of QSO VSO we want to thank you we hope you enjoy uh, uh, join us at our anniversary and uh, such a lovely time meeting you here in Vernon keep in touch thanks and uh, if anybody else knows Victor coming I'm sure he knows quite a few uh, contact me and we'll see what we can do with getting you back in touch with him Thank you. Thank you so much. There you go.